If she embarrassing me, man, I like that. I think she's out of my league, but I like that. I think she's older than me, but I like that. Slim thick, pricky double D's and ass fat. Oh shit, you buy me drinking, nigga, wild for the night. I brought her to the bathroom and fed her white. Welcome to Any Given Fun Day, brought to you by Manscaped, even though we're not really brought to you by Manscaped until October 1st again, but we're still brought to you by Manscaped. Um, Joey Haas, Ray Osterhout, B. Molson, Kyle like Neosporin, baby, Kobe Manbrickner, we're all here, and that doesn't happen a lot. So we're here, we're ready, it is a beautiful Wednesday night, it's Wednesday, my dudes, and uh, we're here, let's go. Um, first off, Raymond's. Good to see you. Great to see you, brother. Uh, it's a pleasure. How are you? Are I'm you great. good? Today, uh, are you well? Today, MRI results finally came back negative, so the uh, the cast is off. I am free and clear to uh, have a Welcome stranger back. in the bedroom if I need one later Welcome tonight. Um, and let me say this. Twitch streams will be back. I have to figure out a few things, but now that I'm fully cleared, um, I just have to figure out my physical therapy schedule along with getting back to my second job, but I promise you, boys, that once... Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2 hits, Warzone 2, hopefully a few of us. I can't know, wait. I know, I yeah, I can't wait. I'll so. definitely play. Be <laughs> most won't play. No. <laughs> no. So hopefully we'll be able to get some. He's got an addictive personality when it comes yeah. to that stuff. And I will say. I know uh, yeah. you do. Well, hey, I've. You guys can relate guy. on something. I was going to say, yeah. you're talking to the wrong guy about addictive personalities. You know how many <laughs> Starbucks I've drank in the past three months? It's probably unhealthy. I think I have 17 cavities. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, hey, dude, I'm excited for you to get back. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to just start streaming again, getting back into the rhythm of uh, working two jobs as crazy as that sound. I've been bored as shit. Yeah. I've watched every single, I think, uh, season of Love Island front and back six times. Did you learn anything? Uh, Yeah, I learned a little bit about myself. Don't love these hoes? Facts. That's that's definitely <laughs> one that I could pull. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, hoes and loyal. it's good to be back. Um, It's good to have you back from your injury. And... uh. There's a lot of things that have happened in, in the sports world, mm-hmm. and especially in the world of New York sports. And we're going to cover uh, the Yankees, of course. They clinch the Mets, uh, their situation. We'll talk about, uh, we'll react to Monday Night Football. Um, we will have to do our pickums because we won't be on the radio. Uh, so we'll have to pull that up. And then we also have to talk about uh, the return of Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson's going to be back as the Jets quarterback. Um, at least that's what I, uh, that's what the grapevine said. Yeah, there was a, I got something today that was a, <clears throat> I believe it was an ESPN notification that said, as long as everything goes right, uh, there's no setbacks. Zach Wilson will be playing this Sunday for the New York Jets. That's as of Wednesday, the fuck is today? The 28th? Uh, that is, yep, that's correct. The 28th. I'm surprised I knew what day it was. So we're here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him to be back too. Uh, so that way we can get the full fledged Jets experience. Uh, but I think we start with that. I think we start with the Jets. Okay. I want to talk about what is the expectation for Zach Wilson when he comes back? Like, what are you expecting from Zach Wilson and how long do you give him to get to that expectation? Right. Is it a week? Is it two weeks? Is it three weeks? Because he did play in the preseason, correct? Mm -hmm. And then he got hurt in the preseason. So we didn't really get to see too much of Zach Wilson, but we did get to see him last year. And I liked what I saw. uh, But I also want to 
you know, there's going to be a time, there's going to be a, you know, a timer that you flip, right? And it's going to be one of those. And it's going to be, all right, how long do you give this guy before you're like, all right, I'm off on him again? I, I feel you. And the, the weird thing that we have to do now, right, is I feel like the first name that pops in my mind that we've been talking about is is Trevor Lawrence, right? He's in year two. They bring in a couple guys that they think, obviously, they eat, get ETM back from injury. They bring in a guy in Christian Kirk that's been, you know, kind of hiding in the whims out in Arizona. He's come in. He's shown he can be a true number one so far through the first couple of weeks. Now you look at what Garrett Wilson's shown in the first couple of weeks with he Joe looks Flacco good. He looks going good. to him. You have Carter and you have um, Brees Hall. And you have Brees Hall, right? You have a dual running back that a lot of people would like to have. Two young ones, too, yeah. At that, exactly. So you also have more. You have a you have what's shown to be a decent offensive line so far compared to a lot of other. um, Yeah, yeah, easy, nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nothing better than the Giants. Yeah, Yeah, so (laughs) we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. But sticking with the Jets, my thing is Zach Wilson doesn't have to come out this week against the Steelers and throw for 450 yards, have, you know, 60 attempts, this or that. I think this is only a matter of time before he fits in because I truly believe in Zach Wilson. I think that he can be and has the makings to be a very good, if not great quarterback in this league. He's got big playability. He's got the arm. He's mobile. It seems like every, yeah, he's got the head. He's got IQ. uh, It seems like he's got a a football IQ. And like I said, as much as you guys want to bullshit around the fact that Joe Flacco is starting for the New York Jets, right? That will still help him inevitably, I think, with a guy like that coaching, mentoring in your him. ear, yeah, in your ear when you're when you're out on the field, exactly. And then guess what? Flacco, being as old as he is, the dirtbag, when he comes off the field and makes a mistake, right? <laughs> Sorry, that's a little shit. <laughs> I'm just still salty from the year in Denver. Okay, yeah, yeah right? I guess so. so. When he comes off the field, though, right? He makes a mistake. He has a bad play or something along those lines. Guess what? He's probably the first one to say, hey, I fucked up. I made a mistake. Zach, this is like when you go back and watch the film about it, it's like, okay, you see this read, this cover two, whatever the hell the case is. He's helping pick up defenses now. So I think hopefully the time will be, I would say, towards the end of this year because we've seen a quick flip in Trevor Lawrence. And let me tell you what, that Jacksonville team has been down in the trenches for a long time. So is the Jets. They've been rebuilding since, what, 2014, 2016, around that era, right? It seems like every year they've been... been... Saying, oh, this is back the year. when Geno Smith was there for the yeah. It seems like every year, right? We're saying the same thing. It's kind of shout the same. Shout out Geno, though. Shout out Geno. Um, 100%. Shout out Geno. Same kind of thing that we've had, right, with the Giants is like, oh, rebuilding, rebuilding. This is the team this year. This is the team this year. Why the fuck do I feel like this is going to fall again? But I feel like it's kind of the same situation. Um, and I'll let you go. And then I have something else I want to touch on with, with the Jets as well and the Jags. Uh, so, you know, my thoughts on Zach Wilson are you, you have this whole season, right, to really. You have you you now have that exception because unlike um, unlike you know the Giants or something, this team is a bunch of young pieces that all need to just learn to mesh together. And I, th- I feel like that's the biggest thing. Like you get a buy this season, right? If you're Zach Wilson, because you can just go out there. You all you want to see is a little bit of growth. You don't need to see wins necessarily. You just need to see progression in 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 the forward direction, right? I'm not a rapper, but that was pretty fire. Uh, but you know that I think that's the biggest thing I need to see is him go out and just improve from his week four performance to his week seventeen performance. And if you see less turnovers, if you see him make smarter plays, right, just like with his feet, know when to get out of the pocket, know how to move in the pocket, find his connection with the other Wilson, create the Wilson Wilson combo. Uh, you know, figure out 
which running back he's more comfortable with doing what? Who's going to be the pass catcher? Who's going to be the runner? Who's going to be the third down guy? Who's going to be your go-to when you're in a squeeze? Right? Like, learning that stuff is all I, uh, all you need to see from Wilson. You don't need to go, go see the Jets go 13-4 and, and four this season. You need to see them move in the right direction. Yeah, I agree with you. And this is the kind of take that um, we were all inevitably talking about a little bit earlier, but it was more about the Giants. But I wanted to kind of bring it up with um, the Jets as well is I feel like we've kind of stopped to realize what other teams are doing around when they say, oh, we're rebuilding, we're doing this, we're doing that. When you look at other teams around the league, right, that have flipped the script so quickly, right, you think about the Jags, right, bringing in, like I said, Christian Kirk, James Robinson being a really good running back, them having a one-two combo there, right, Trevor Lawrence showing promise. Then you look at teams like, you think about the Lions, right, we thought they were kind of a joke with Jared Goff at quarterback. Amon Ross St. Brown becomes a really good receiver. You bring in DJ Chark, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, both good there. They're on an uptrend, you would say. Yeah, Mr. Hutchinson. Yeah, them as well. Um, Let me think of some others. You think of... The Eagles, really, the Eagles. The Eagles. I mean, yes. that's, a, that's that's the number one that comes to my head. The Eagles bring in Jalen Hurts. They have, like, a little remnants of their Super Bowl win, you know, back in, what was it, 2017? I think it was 2017 Super Bowl, whatever. But, you know, there's they're still just, like, they're still lurking around that. Uh, but, you know, you moved on from Wentz, you move on from Foles, you move on from all that, and here you are. And it's like, all right, you have your, your young quarterback. You have one year to kind of build it up. And then it's like, all right, Miles Sanders here, boom, like this guy's here, boom. And then it was just like, backs. all right, time to, time to go all in. And they went all in, and it's already – you see what uh, – you said it last week. Look what A.J. Brown does. He just flips the whole team. He, yeah. You know, he's the guy that puts them over the top. And that's the – and then the next team that I'll go to and compare it to is the Dolphins, obviously, with what oh, they've literally. done. Bringing in Tyreek Hill, bringing 100%. in Mostert, bringing in Chase Edmonds, making Tua feel the most comfortable that he's felt since he's been there, and also – you know, just being able to give him targets that are going to be able to make plays on their own, right? You can throw a uh, pass bo- to to Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle behind the line of scrimmage, and they're going to go get you 20 yards. Same thing with A.J. Brown. Same thing with Amon Ra. There's a lot of guys that you look at in this league and a lot of teams that my main point of this was, what is missing from the Jets to put them in to say, hey, they're going in this upward direction. I know they're. we keep saying they're young. We keep saying they're rebuilding. What is the difference between them and, say, a team like the Jags or a team like the Lions yeah, for us to, good, actually, for us to actually sit there and say, hey, this team is going where we want them to go? I think, like, I don't think it's the offense. I really think it's, like, one veteran on the defense, two veterans. Like, bring in two. Von Miller like, type deal with the Bills. Like a Von Miller thing or, like, um you know, something like that. Like, have another cornerback where you're like, holy shit, like, they're good. And then uh, one more piece on, on defense. Maybe, like, a, another like a pass rusher and uh, a D-back. Like, a safety or, like, a, a corner. And then, I mean, really, what are you missing? Because you think your offense is – you don't need a star running back. You don't do that in the NFL to begin with. You know, a running back doesn't come in and flip the script. You have what you believe to be two great receivers. You let them progress into what they need to progress into. Uh, maybe a tight end. I guess that would be. Conklin, like, I mean, Conklin's been good for them. He he's got I think like the third or fourth yeah, most yeah, I mean, highest target share or at least looks uh, from tight ends this year. That's which a good question. That's I, I know question. I know it's I know it's Flacco. So I think that also has it too, where they're both type veterans. But I think that can be good yeah. for Zach Wilson to start him off. Um, I was going to ask the Jets fan, but I forgot he's not a Jets fan anymore. <laughs> and then I was going to say as well, you were talking about right a, a guy from the secondary. Obviously, you got um, you have a guy in Sauce Gardner who's young. He, he's looking to get out there. He's ruthless. He's confident. He wants to do yeah, what he wants uh, to do. No, I agree. And he can. He's shown already that he can be a pretty good, if not shut down, corner possibility 
going forward. So I think, like you said, veteran leadership is one. And then I really think that this is the biggest conversation that we have had. Is Zach Wilson that fucking guy? Like, is he going to go the trend of, you know, a guy like Daniel Jones? Or is he going to go the trend of what we think? Because I don't want to say it yet, but what we think Jalen Hurts is going to, right? Because we were sitting here last year, and we weren't even sure if the Eagles trusted Jalen Hurts. And then we're sitting here this year. Daniel Jones, I don't like we said, we'll get into it with the Giants talk, but it looks like his trajectory itself, like you don't look, you don't sit there, watch Daniel Jones and you say, oh, that guy is going to be an elite quarterback in the league. Like, like we talked about, he's going to be Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins. There's that, that middle row that if he gets to the point where he's at his best, he can be there. No, I think he could be better. I really do. I don't know if he could be Patrick Mahomes, Lamar you, Jackson. I mean, but do you think he'd be, you, know, t- you think he'd be, he could be top 10? Yeah, I think he could. I think he could raise the top 15. I think he'd be like yeah. 12 to 15. Which is like where I would put like... I think like... Kirk and... Uh, Tannehill. Probably Kirk higher than Tannehill. Right, Kirk so, not on fucking prime time. How about that? Absolutely not. Um, Any other time? I don't know. That'd be a good conversation. I think we I think we should we should address that at some other point. Like uh, where... At, at Zach Wilson's peak, like where can he land? I, I'd be interested to have that conversation. But I need to see Zach Wilson. I need that's to what see I mean. like, what he can do first. I, and that, that's what I think the biggest thing holding them back is. Yeah. Is we, we're starting to see already with Wilson what they have, with Hall what they have, with Carter what they have, even with Elijah Moore when he's healthy what they have. Gardner looks good. They have they have pieces already that are doing it, but what melds a team together, right? What makes a team go like this? Leadership. It, at the end of the day, it's leadership, good quarterbacking, and not turning the football over. And you can Literally. sit there and say Jared Goff is a shit quarterback or whatever the case is, like but him. he's still going out there, not turning the football over, getting the ball in the hands of and people, being a leader. And, and they're running the football effectively. And then he's doing the things that he needs to do on his end to to make games even close. And they should have easily they should have beaten Minnesota last week. They they. Played really well against the Eagles. They could easily be another 3-0 team that we're talking about right now as well. So it's just, for my mind, I think the biggest question that we have with the Jets has got to be what can Zach Wilson bring to this team and how much can he elevate I think them? coaching, too. Coaching's a big one yes. that we really didn't touch on. But like I think Sal is a good coach, so that's just me. Well, and you look at what, like you said, you look at the decisions that are going on in Miami. They're making good coaching decisions when they need to. They're not overly confident in going for it on fourth down. Then you look what's going on in fucking Denver. You look at what we're doing. No time. You even you could even argue with fucking Buffalo. No time management. Being too risky on fourth down plays when you're not already getting points and points are coming at a premium. Like it, it, it's just the little things that pile up that don't make you win those games. But then your talent and your skill level of what it looks like on paper throws all that out of your mind and then makes you think, oh, this is the best team that we're seeing because it's paper. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, let's go. Let's stay on football and let's just move over to the other team in MetLife and let's talk about the Giants. And I want to have the conversation. I, we'll react to the Monday Night Football game. But with that, we have a conversation that's just been. You want to sit on daddy's lap? Yeah. Like, this guy's got to get in. We'll wait. Give it a second. Give it a second. Do you have another? <laughs> I called him in. What? I called him in. Don't do that to him. No, no, no. I'm going to do that shit. to him. All right. I'm going to get him. Well, do, do we have another chair? Uh, maybe. We should probably thought there might be Oh, yeah. There's one right behind you. Yeah. But we'll get you. We'll get you in here in a second. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to make it work because the camera's right there. Um, but I'll we'll, move back. We'll figure it out. We've done this before. Yeah, we've done done it before. Oh, I've seen it before. Oh, Toby, shit. don't knock somebody out cold, would you? I will not. But I need. Uh, this is this is gonna be a juicy one. Do we need the fucking thing for me and him or no? Huh? Do we need the thing for me and him? No. Nope, that's that's perfect as it is. Throw that. Yeah. Throw that over Should there. Should pick everything up. Right. And then you sit back more, and I'll sit forward more. Yeah. There you go. Look at this. It's like we've done this before. I love that. 
Alright, here That's we go. Well. So talking about the Giants. Kobe sends the shit sends the text in the group chat earlier and just puts the fucking world on fire with the three of us. Alright? Sometimes you have to do that. So Alright, so I'm gonna i I'm gonna pick the side of we watched that game. The Giants had an opportunity to win that game still. And I want to defend Daniel Jones. And I know we, we kind of talked it out a little bit. <laughs> what, are you clapping? Yeah, it's the sound of clap. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can clap, man. It's okay. <laughs> hey, how about that? Right, Danny died. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let me pull up the Super Bowl. Oh, oh there it goes. That's like four times. See, later, uh, that's, that's something that we haven't heard in about six games from Aaron Judge, but different, different, <laughs> different topic. I can't let you slander Daniel Jones to this level. And I get we talked a little bit and, you, and we, you know, we met in the middle, but dude, I'm going to give you a couple reasons. Just And these aren't reasons. These aren't specific reasons to me that I analyze. These are just what everybody saw. And they, they lost that game not because of Daniel Jones. They lost that game because their offensive line was cr- was just crap. Absolute crap. Uh, their receivers couldn't catch the football. You lose your most consistent receiver. I, I get it. It's, it's at the end of the game or whatever. But you have Kenny Galladay. We pay all this money. He comes in. He gets three targets. He doesn't have a catch. And he absolutely bricks one up that had an opportunity to get that first down, which could have progressed the game. Then you see the offensive line, and it was Andrew Thomas and the fucking Brady Bunch, right? Like, those guys, on the, everybody besides Andrew Thomas didn't have any clue what they were fucking doing out there. Evan Neal looked like he should have been playing Pop Warner instead of fucking NFL. Um, and then you look at the defense, and the defense started very stout. But then they got weaker and weaker and weaker, and as the offense went faster and faster and faster off the field, that defense just couldn't catch up with fucking Dallas. But for a good amount of the game, besides the uh, C.D. Lamb drop, they played good defense, and I was pretty impressed with them. Uh, but I can't let you sit here and tell me that the reason that the Giants lost that game was because of Daniel Jones or even put most of the blame on Daniel Jones. There's, I He played a good football game. He played a good football game. Oh, there you go first. So uh, <clears throat> I, I like that, Joey. I, I understand where you're coming from, but uh, I think more of – what? what? Nothing. So if we look at that game, we talk about what Daniel Jones does to win. What does he do as a winner? And QB, that's a a winning stat is being a quarterback. So now fast forward to this game. We talk about Daniel Jones' pocket presence. He got pressured, what, 22 times? Yeah, that's bad. That's real bad, actually. That's definitely a bad showing on the offensive line. My scope of it is how many years is it going to take for Daniel Jones to realize that you're not going to get a perfect offensive line no matter where you we go? We didn't even ask for perfect, though. We asked for okay. We asked for guys that can at least, I mean, dude. Give him three and, seconds. And I mean, give him at least three seconds. Like this poor, yo, you had a better shot of putting Andrew Thomas at center, letting him snap the ball. And then just letting him go like this and just try and block everybody. Then having the other four guys up there. Seriously. Seriously. Like, you had, there was nothing there, Cope. And, and I want to go off my point, and I'll let you keep going, too, is 
we talk about the offensive line. We also talk about penalties, right? I mean, there's times where they had drives where they started off, they would get a 10-yard play, they would get a 12-yard catch, a 15-yard catch. There was probably three or four times in that game that they had those types of plays. It was either a false start, it was a holding, or it was something along the lines of the offensive line fucking it up, bringing it back, the drive now starting first and 18 instead of starting first and 10, right? And then... Limiting Daniel Jones because we'll we we will agree on this. Daniel Jones isn't like an elite talent court. No, he hasn't shown no, us that yet. That's not no, what we're saying. No. But it's just along the lines of when you know that you, that's what you have with your quarterback, right? Say you put like we talked about Tannehill, Goff, and those guys. When you get them in first and long situations, you don't have a guy to go and bail you out. Like Saquon was that guy, and he only was able to do it one time because you can only ask those players to do it bail you out so many times, right? So. In in that situation, right when you when you think about what the offensive line did, the defense giving up seventeen po- unanswered unanswered points to Cooper fucking Rush and the Dallas Cowboys. The the point of my thing is with the system that Cooper rushes in, he can succeed because the Dallas Cowboys team all around is good. It's like good like they have a good team. overall football team. And I get it comes down to the quarterback, but at the same time, if you're telling me that Cooper Rush. Right, should be able to look. I mean, he didn't look great, but nah, guess who made him solid. look great? Fucking the one-handed catch from CeeDee Lamb, and I would have been even better if they had that. The other big play, they were able to get big chunk plays out of their stars, which the Giants are lacking, which causes them to not be able to combat what the Cowboys are doing. You know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Um, I, I <coughs> <coughs> sorry. Oh, fuck. Get him so, some water. When. Colin Coward actually said this. I sent you guys that video. Um, I agree with a lot of what he said because I just don't see how no matter what team Daniel Jones plays on, he's not going to be any anything special. I don't, I don't think... You don't he, think if you put Daniel Jones in the Cowboys system, he plays just as good as Cooper Rush did last night? You can't tell me that. You I can't think, tell well, me that. Cause, well, you can't compare him to a backup quarterback because he's a star... Well, right now... The backup is, quarterback's playing better than fucking Dakas. No, 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 I don't know. They've been winning more fucking football games. It seems like everybody's pretty confident when he's. Uh, listen, he, listen. I know they're three and zero. It's, he's it's a backup early. for a reason. He's a back. Like, then why is he winning three? Why is he won three football because games? Because that's that? what he asked. Is he's asked to do? That's that's literally what a backup quarterback is able to do. Is go in is when, win football games exactly when their starter is out. Well, listen, yeah, listen, that's what everybody's listen. asked to do every single week. Doesn't mean they're going to go and fucking achieve it. Let me give you this. Instead of putting it like that, let's put it like this. If Cooper Rush was put in the position of Daniel Jones, <laughs> he would have gotten fucking. Uh, it would have. It wouldn't have even been a football game. I wish I, I was. He would have looked even worse. I was trying to find than, the stats. Daniel Jones. And I was trying to find the stats because Daniel Jones under pressure last night was better than a lot of other Two people. Two nights ago. Or sorry, yeah, sorry. I keep thinking we're on Tuesday, but Daniel Jones under pressure played really, really well. Yeah, got the ball out. Had multiple first downs on on times where they were third and long or third and something where they needed something to happen and continue to make the drive. And like we're not going to sit there and ask for him to be Lamar. We're going to sit there and be like, okay, you're making plays that you need to do to continue to make the drive keep going, right? right. And then also another thing is too, who's Daniel Jones' favorite receiver? You don't know because no, he doesn't no, no, have no. it. There, there is an answer. There is an answer. Who, since since he's been here, oh, when, when healthy, Shepherd. has okay, been yeah. Sterling yeah, yeah. Shepard, right? So why the fuck do you go get Kenny Galladay, a guy who's nine foot nine and can is a is a pretty good route runner, right? That just play with a guy in Matt Stafford who's going to sling the long ball and look for a deep ball when your offense is dink and dunk, maybe throw it every once in a while. You need to go do what the Dolphins did. They go. They went and got another speed guy. 
They went and got Tyree Kill. And he's, guess what? You put him in that system and it works. It makes Tua look better. It makes him feel more comfortable, right? And then you, you go out and you do that as well. So for, for me to sit here and like think, and then also on the fucking final play of the game, your goddamn receiver falls down and that's what fucking picks it off to end the game. I mean, Cope, listen, Mike, I'm, it, it, we're not sitting here and I'm not trying to gang up on you, but I'm not. I, I, we just want you to see where we're coming at, from. Like, we get, we, I get what you're this, saying. Bro, like, look at this. Daniel Jones the other night had Kenny Galladay, who who statistically was one of the worst receivers in the NFL last year. And statistically and eye test. Right? I'm big on the eye test. And led the he Giants in receiving. Yeah. Okay? You have Sterling Shepard, who's gone now. Right? He played he played decent that game until he was hurt. Like, he, he, you know, he did his thing. You were throwing your number one target the other night, besides Sterling Shepard, was fucking David Sills. David Sills was a fucking quarterback in college, dude. All right? He comes in, and now he's a fucking tight end. Like, I'm not sitting here trying to play the defend Daniel Jones game, and I get that quarterbacks need to make big plays, but my eye test with Daniel Jones the other night was that dude was under pressure. When he was under pressure, he he did a good job, and I watched him extend plays and I watched him extend the play to Kenny Galladay, where he hit him right in the fucking chest and dropped it. All right, that's a that's if he makes that catch and he goes for that first down, we might be having a whole different conversation. We really might because we might be talking about a Giants win, and then we're talking about them three and zero. I'm, I'm not trying to play the if game, but like, dude, if he makes that catch and they score, the narrative is completely flopped. We're talking about Daniel Jones going out there against a team that that he's always had trouble with, and he beat them. And I also think, too, before I obviously know you want to probably get something in here. But the last thing I want to say, too, is I I just think about what I've seen from Daniel Jones the past four seasons, right? And it feels like I'm looking at something at least a little bit different this year so far. I agree. And that's, that's, I think, to do with Dable. I I truly do. I think him, because I don't think we've seen when Daniel Jones has made a mistake that somebody's pulled him to the fucking side and said, hey— you just fucked up. Don't do that shit again. And like worked on it with him instead of just letting him go do his own thing, sending him back out there with the, with deer in the headlights and letting him continue yeah, to make like, the oh, same mistakes. You, you keep doing over it. And now we're going to get rid of you. Yeah. No, he's getting coached. He's getting right. coached. And I can see he's getting coached because if you look at it, he hasn't turned the ball over like nearly as much. Like, and like I said, yeah. last night, right. His fumbles have gone down. I don't know. Has, was he at one fumble this season? Maybe yeah, one. if that one fumble is what two picks. Right, yep. and you could argue the one was really, really bad. Oh, the and one since ugly. then, last night Trayvon Diggs was a an amazing play. B his receiver fell down, and we're not sitting here saying that we expect him to be Josh Allen, but we're saying if you're going to have a guy like Daniel Jones and expect him to succeed in your system, you also need to have a team around him that's going to elevate his game as well. Because if your only option is Saquon Barkley, please tell me five other quarterbacks that you could put in the Giants situation right now. That would succeed and make them a playoff contenders and b Super Bowl yeah. contenders. Because there's, there's not five. I, I seriously I can think of. can't. I seriously can't. Because the weapons that he has are not weapons. They're toys. They're really. They're. You can't do anything. You could put. You could put prime Tom Brady on that football team, and he's not going to be able to to lead this team to a Super Bowl. You can't do it. You can't do it. So my problem with that is, they're all NFL players. They literally. They're out there to. Produce and they're, and they're not. Out, well, yeah, they're out there for a reason. That's, no, no, yeah, I, that's I got what you, I got that's you. what the coaches. That's why they play them. So, whoever goes out there for Daniel Jones, I expect them to play the best that they can. Drops are a part of the game. 
They, they just really are. I mean, yes, oh, sure. Kenny, Kenny Galladay has not shown his true capability ever since he left Detroit, but I, it didn't even look like when the Giants got him, they tried to implement him in the game plan at all. If you look at the way Daniel Jones plays now, yes, there's been improvements. Uh, his pocket presence is a little bit, be- little bit better. He runs the football a little bit more. But, again, I haven't seen to the point where if you talk about Jalen Hurts, he knows when to run. He also knows when to pass. I don't know if I trust Daniel Jones to stay in the pocket a little bit longer just to make that throw rather than get out of the pocket and run. A premature. But, but if you were a quarterback, Hope, and, and, and we'll, we'll start to wrap this up a little bit, but if you're the quarterback there, right, if you're Daniel Jones and you look at who you're you, – You've you, say I'm your receiver, right? And you threw it to me, and I dropped it. All right. Am, are you gonna? Aren't you gonna be the next time that you're getting pressured? Aren't you gonna be more hesitant to not throw that ball to me because I dropped it the first time? Hundred fucking percent. Well, let me you're see. gonna say, oh fuck this, I'm not throwing to Joey. I'm gonna try and run, and then you make the mistake. Maybe you get fucked. Maybe somebody comes and knocks it out of your hand, or maybe you throw it to the other person because you're like, fuck this, Joey fucking dropped it the last time. Yeah, yeah, you're going to do that because you don't want to give me back the football because I dropped it the first time or I dropped it the second time. And the more that you do that, the more you make those mistakes, the less I'm going to want to throw you the ball. Or you can say this too. CeeDee Lamb dropped a pretty fucking easy football last night and then what the fuck did he do? He went and made one of the best catches I've seen in the NFL so far this season. That's our point is they have guys, even if they go fuck up one time, they're going to come back and they're guys that you can look at and you say, that's my guy. And they That's only have that CD in Lamp, Saquon man. Barkley. You have that in, I know he's getting old, but guess what? Zeke had about a 35-yard run against the, the, the Giants defense last night. He Tony did. Pollard had about a 45, 50-yard run against the Giants defense last night. Either one of those two could be starting on a lot of football teams in the NFL this year. Noah Brown has looked really, really good, and he's been linking up with Cooper Rush pretty well. They didn't have Dalton Schultz last night, and you still have CeeDee Lamb, and you have a very talented offensive line that they haven't missed on since they've drafted in, like, 2016. What have the Giants done since they've drafted and since 2016 offensive line? Pretty much missed on every single one of them, right? None of them have made the Pro Bowl. Pretty much everybody besides the newest one, newest Cowboy that they drafted this season, this past uh, draft, has made the Pro Bowl, right? So it's just like you think about it and you compare the two. It's it, it, it's just like you look at the Giants on paper and you look at the eye test of the Giants and you sit there and you say, Saquon Barkley is it looks like he's going back into the trend of being a star, being a great yeah, player a in very, the NFL and being somebody that you can rely on. You can only do that so much. And what's one thing that we've talked about? Having a good receiving core is clear to helping out and making your quarterback become a better player in the NFL for, and making your team better, period. And we've seen that this year, like I said, with the Eagles, adding A.J. Brown. Get, and now Demonte Smith, even last, last week, had a great week because now so much of that attention is on A.J. Brown. So both of them can come in and make big plays for Hurts. You look at, I mean, think about when when Mike when Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are both healthy and then you add a guy like Julio Jones in there. And then you I know we've had a short... Net, like, dude, the thing with the Giants is you're never going to see... The, the the real potential really because they're a one they're a one dimensional football team, right? You can't look at that team and be like, oh, they 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 don't have any options to throw to. They don't they don't have any options. So like, I, I don't know. I just I can't I can't. And I'm not sitting sit here, here saying you got to bring in ten Pro Bowls to make Daniel Jones look good. I'm saying give me a, give me a decent offensive line. Give him three seconds to throw out because the way Colin Coward made it out. Is that everything needs to be perfect for him to win football games? No, it doesn't. And I just don't fucking buy that. Because look at dude, look at he had that same exact receiving core week one and two, and he won football games. It might not have been the prettiest, but a win's a win. And that also, uh, I will right. say, to, which is something that the Giants lot, haven't been able to do. But a lot of that had to do with the 
Giants defense. They've been playing out of their minds uh, the first three oh, weeks. Oh, dude, and, and, and listen, I'm I'm big on the Giants defense, but it was also Daniel Jones and the fact that it, he had Saquon back. It's not like he like yeah he needed Saquon to in order to make this a dimensional team right like now you have a running back back there that can fucking do something and now you have like you, you don't have you still don't have receivers like, but but if you're gonna if you're gonna give the Giants credit for the defense for them being good the first weeks you also also diminish them for being shit the second the third, like last this I, Monday I, I, I right wouldn't even I wouldn't even say shit because they gave up 17 unanswered points in the right. second half well to a backup to a backup quarterback right and that's probably because. When you look at the game, the game there. If you look at the game, it was what both offenses were moving at the beginning. They just weren't converting. There was just a point in time where Cooper Rush said, "Okay, I can figure out this Giants defense, and now I'm going to be able to score." But DJ did figure out that defense. He he wasn't did stuck he? in he wasn't stuck in mud though. Yeah, like he did, and he got out of the pocket. and He accepted at some point that the pass rush was fucking coming. And like I said, got out of the pocket and then made those plays. And look where it led them. Like, don't forget, A, that's a really good Dallas defense. B, it is. Jones figured it out. But when he got the ball when he got the ball to the playmakers that he's supposed to get them to, they didn't fucking do anything. And, and to my point earlier, fucking penalties absolutely killed them. Because anytime they had a big play or a play that might have made a third down manageable, they're going back and they're having second and 18, third and 18. It happened five or six times where they had a holding call, something stupid like hands to the face, I mean, offside, whatever the case is, when you don't have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, like like, like the top five, the top .01% quarterbacks in the league, you're going to be at a disadvantage when you start a lot of drives back-to-back, especially when you only have nine of them, right? So you have eight or nine drives a game, right? Say you start half of those at a disadvantage at first and uh, 18 plus every single, not every single time, but half of the time you're only giving your quarterback that you already know that we've already established is not an elite quarterback to succeed. And if you're expecting him on four drives to complete, to go four for four, get points all four times at the minimum, you're going to be at 12 and at the maximum, you're going to be at 28. And guess what? That would have barely beat the Cowboys this, this past week. And when you look at it in totality, you know for a fact that four times in a row, the Giants aren't going to go down and score four times, right? Right. So it's like you have to also think of putting your team at a disadvantage, putting your quarterback at a disadvantage, and it all melding together. Because then, like we also saw, we have a championship-winning drive, or championship, sorry, a game-winning drive, capable, that gets taken away because your receiver falls down, and we don't even know what the fuck could have happened. We don't even know. Because you know, because the, your your number three, who now becomes your number two, who was on a practice squad all last season, who that you're bringing in because you you trust him and, and he and he did stuff with Daniel Jones in the offseason to get better. Like yeah, he looked good and he was solid for the first part of the game. But when the lights are on, it's fucking Monday Night Football prime time. Like this isn't the fucking game that I sit there and I say like you could probably take six games last year from the Giants, point to those games and say Daniel Jones isn't it, and I would fucking agree with you. The problem is, right now, after that game that I just saw against the Cowboys, that's not the one I sit there pointing at and say, that's the game that's telling me that Daniel Jones is like is not it. Uh, and I, would, I was going to say why. the same thing, and then I'm done. And then I'm really done talking about this. This is it. There hasn't been a, a thing from Daniel Jones where I'm like, <laughs> fuck this, like, I'm out. Like, they haven't, he hasn't given them, everybody's saying that there's reasons, like, Daniel Jones is already done. So far this season, with a new head coach, like we like we expected, right? Like with a new head coach that's going to change things, he's actually came in and changed things and made him a better player. So, with all that being said, I'm not out on Daniel Jones yet. I'm not. I can't be out on him. I don't know. It. 
you have to see what he's what he's gonna gonna do, right? You need to. I can't. I'm not gonna sit here and make the excuses forever, but like you have to have an offensive line. You have to have a fucking like. You have to have something because even the best quarterbacks with no offensive line stink, dude. We were scared about Joe Burrow. We're we're still scared about Joe Burrow right now. Joe Burrow was in a fucking Super Bowl, and we're still scared. We're like, oh, was that a one? Was that a one time deal? Because his offensive line was is so fucking putang this year. So well, and the final thing I'll end with too, and I'll let you go to finish your take. The giant we we projected the Giants to be pretty shit this year, right? All of us right, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're almost halfway already. Whether it's fluke or not, they're almost halfway to their win total with a very shitty schedule on the roster, right? With teams that they know that they can probably beat if they have a decent or better back half of the game, less mistakes against Dallas, even I think with Dak, because they, they get it down into the nitty gritty. Even when you play a team like Tennessee, right, who hasn't looked great this year, the Cowboys, even with Dak, didn't look great this year so far. Their offense didn't look great. You know, when he was healthy, when he was on the field with everybody there. So it's just like there's a lot of things that could go for this team right now because we're talking we, – you look at the re- half of the other half of the league, half the fucking league is one and two, right? You look at a lot of teams. I know it's early in the season, but half the fucking teams – like we're talking about the Raiders possibly going 0-4 that we were looking at saying that they could possibly win the division earlier this season before the year started. So I think it's also you have to look at the fact of everything else and what everyone else is doing and put that into account as well. And you have to sit here at the end of the day and you have to also say the Giants are 2-1. I don't fucking care how it happened, but Daniel Jones has been a part of that and he's also shown improvement in his game, which I think you at least give him this season. And I think that if if he doesn't show improvement or something that, like you said, that, that star potential, then, maybe, then I agree with you it's time. But like I said, I think right now it's just this – Last game that we just had isn't the game that's gonna t- that was the the it for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I guess to close out my take is I'm kind of done giving Daniel Jones that pass of oh your offensive line is garbage for however three of his last first seasons. But I don't know. It's just to me I just don't see it. I. Hey, not if saying, he doesn't pass your eye test. He doesn't pass your eye test. He, he hasn't failed my eye test. Really. He has not, not this season. I mean, I don't think like this season. Like I said, I, so I agree with that. Do you think he's failed the eye test for the Giants because they didn't pick up his option? No, because see, you need I, to see him with a new coach. He's got a good coach now. He's got a real coach. You can't, I, dude. Fucking Joe Judge. Fucking who is it? Pat Shermer. Fuck not, that, dude. This is a real. This guy shows he's a real deal. He came from a real deal offense. He's came in and he's changed. He's changed the way Daniel Jones has played. Yes, and so yeah, he. I can't base it off past seasons because he had different coaching. He's got a new coach. It's a new system. He's done well in the system so far. Like I said last year, if you were to tell me, probably at a, at a midpoint in the season when he oh, was healthy, dude, I would have pieced him out. I would, I would, I would agree with you. It's but like coach, I said, it's bro. just, it's just it's right system. now we're talking about this, this season that's happening right now. You have a weak schedule. You have a lot to do. And then I think if he's still, say we go up against the Bears this fucking week, without prop, most likely it looked like David Montgomery. I'm pretty sure he's out as of yeah. right now, going this week. But if you go up against a team, right? That has under 300 passing yards to the first three games of the year, right? And you lose to that because what was the big thing we just talked about? They were actually pretty good against the run besides those two plays. Besides their two, like, correct, right? You know what I mean? Thibodeau wasn't really involved that much. We want to see him more. Um, but that but, was his NFL debut. Yeah, no, 100%. All right, I'm done talking about the Giants. Fuck. But yeah. Go ahead. You guys can finish. I can't. I, no. I'll go here all night. I'll go. All no, night. I know. So that, that was just, like I said, the biggest thing for me is this isn't the game that made me sit here and say, Get Daniel Jones out of there. 
was was my thing. That's fair. And if you told me a year ago at this time when Daniel Jones is healthy, two years ago, maybe even three years ago, I would have said, yeah, fuck this. He's got fucking 25 fumbles and 18 interceptions. But it looks like he's not as bad as he was, and he's getting better. So why not? You've given him the money. You have him for this season. Give him the opportunity. See what he can do against a shitty schedule. And if he still can't come close to pl- to being with the Cowboys and the Eagles this season, or at least doing better than one of those teams, and if not even doing better than the fucking Commanders and being Carson Wentz a few times, then we'll have a conversation about it. But I think right now with the tra- trajectory that the Giants are going on is a lot more positive than what we've seen over the past few years in the early weeks of the season. Yeah, I might have been a little bit hasty on the take. Uh, I understand where you guys are coming from. I think we definitely need to have that conversation at the end of the year. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Just, just because I could, I could change my mind, hundred percent. Ju- yeah, just, just because we've seen Dan Jones for three weeks and he still hasn't really moved the needle as far as converting to on touchdowns. Um, so he's got like what four touchdowns in four weeks. Yeah, as a QB, that's not really doing it for me. Um, you guys want a, a couple of close games. Um, but how many but, quarterbacks are with that are like we talked about? I talk about Derek Carr. I talk about Car- like Carson Wentz looked good the first two weeks and they look like shit last week, right? It's like there, there's a lot of guys right now. I mean, we we were even talking about it. Well, I know we, you don't want to sit here and say like, oh, fantasy is everything, but you still look at and say see who the top rushers, the top like Joe Flacco is still in the top fucking five for passing this year, right? Like th- th- this yeah. weird this this year has been that weird so far. Tom Brady hasn't thrown the football well, and Rodgers can't seem to get it fucking going. I know it's because of their their injuries and shit like that, but. There's a lot going on. It's, a, it's very early. And like I said, I think our biggest point was just the, so far this year, Daniel Jones, if you take last last four years out of it, right, and you just look at this season, the Giants are in a trajectory that is going like this. It might be going like this, but it's it's going up because it's a team that has hope. Their coaches come in, and that's it. So that's that's where I'll end. Anything else? No. I wasn't here to sweat you. It's okay. I was just simply here to give our shot. And yeah. then you give yours. And I think that was a good conversation. Was. I really do. I yeah. think we got both of our points out. Hey, it was a pleasure. <laughs> hey, I'll give you a great I'll, doing business with you. I'll give you a nut grab tonight. All right, now get the fuck out of here. Take your chair and fucking <laughs> and get lost. I know. You now gotta, I gotta I talk gotta about. Get out of here. Now I gotta talk about the fucking Yankees. Um. So, uh, let's do. Um. Let's talk baseball. Yeah. Okay. Uh. But we can just save our picks, and I think we just put them out as a post on Sunday. I don't even think we need to go through a whole thing. I mean, unless you you would like to, I guess let's see how where the baseball conversation is, and um, yeah, and we'll see what time it is, and we'll go oh, we'll sorry, go from there. Bro. No, you're good. I'll give you some. I'll give him something for a second. Three. Yeah, throw him a bone sometimes. All right, go. Peace, it's bro. been a pleasure. All right, bro. Peace. See you later. Um, so moving on forward here, uh, Ray, would you like to talk about the Yankees or the Mets first? Um. Doesn't matter to me. I think I want you to. Well, pick. You know what? Because they clinched last night. Let's start with them. All right, I'll be nice. Okay, I'll get them involved. Um, yeah, the Yankees clinched la- the AL East last night. They are going to be the number two I'm seed. Good now. I'm good. They are going to be the number two seed in the AL with a possibility of playing either the Guardians. Uh, who is it? The Guardians, the Rays. The Guardians and the Rays. Right, uh, or much, or yeah. or the depending the on the Blue Jays. I think are the other three. Oh, um, uh, they were the Indians before. They're not the Guardians. They're not the um, Guardians. So, I guess you said you wanted to kind of start this conversation. Um, the There's really two things I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, with the Judge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first off, uh, David Cohn, who's one of the Yankees and uh, on Yes, one of the broadcasters, mm-hmm. made a chicken noise after the Blue Jays just walked Judge again. 
So I, th- I just thought that was funny. Did you see that the if you bet after Judge hit his 60th yeah. home run, if you bet that he was going to walk every single at bat after that, you would be up 41 units? Yeah, that's stupid. Uh, <laughs> so here we go. Here we go, right? So there's two things. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So my first question to you is is regarding Aaron Judge. And, it's, and I'm indifferent about this, and I want to hear your take. Should the Yankees give give Aaron Judge a full-on rest day, right? He's DHing tonight. He'll probably DH more often than not the rest of this season. But do you think he deserves a full-on rest day? Do you think he wants a full-on rest day? Um, and do you think it's best for the Yankees to give him a full-on rest day? So, like, I'll start. All right. Okay. I think, and this is just me, but I think Aaron Judge mentally needs a rest day. He's going out there night in, night out. And the expectation is just through the fucking roof for this guy, man. You flip on ESPN, you and you're watching you're watching college football, bless you. Bless you. You're watching college football and it flips over to Aaron Judge. You're watching anything. I'm watching uh, ABC at this you're point. You're watching ABC, Aaron Judge. <laughs> you get app notifications for every at bat right now for Aaron Judge. That's a lot for somebody to handle, dude. That I don't care who you are. If you're you, you're the biggest face in the biggest city and it's mm-hmm. still a lot, right? So I guess to me, it's not so much of a physical break. I don't think he needs a physical break. I think he's fine. I think his swing's fine. Like I think he's all good. I think it's a mental thing. Like, yo, take the pressure off this guy for one night. And I bet you if you ask Judge, he'll never say it in front of people that he wants a day off. But I bet you, dude, he is he goes to sleep every night and like he's like fucking exhausted. Because he knows that the whole world is watching him. Every single time that he goes up to that point. And I bet you it's just fucking mentally exhausting. It'll come out in a few years. Yeah, just like how crazy this has been, right? Like, literally every time the man steps up to the plate. Really is. No, but every time this guy steps up to the plate, wherever, whoever it is, whatever state that you live in around the U.S. of A., right? All eyes are on Aaron Jones. They're on. And it doesn't matter because... And here's my thing that I'll say about it. I think you're 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 100 right, and that it can be taxing on him. But I also think right, the longer you prolong it, because I'll just come at you with devil's advocate and how my mind works. That's fine. Is if you if you prolong it, right? Say you do give him a day off, then that gives I get that gives him a mental day to come back and like not think about it and just sit there on the bench and maybe not hear the fans, just kind of have like a normal day. But then you're right back into it. The like like no matter what, until he does this himself, until he breaks this record. It's going to be like that. Like I feel like even in the fucking playoffs, it, it don't matter at this point, Joe. Like this is this is what the Yankees fan base now expects of him from Aaron Judge every time he comes up to the plate, right? You, we talk about it, and we talk, we hear about MLB players talking about it. We hear about broadcasters talking about it. When he's at the plate, and there is, and someone is in their wind up right here about to throw the pitch to Judge, you could hear a fucking pin drop in Yankee Stadium, and you can, and, and even the catchers are saying you can hear the whoosh. On Judge's bat when he swings behind the play. I mean, it's it's unheard of and it's unreal, but I don't know if it's going anywhere. I think the PSA that we need to give, bro, is to Yankees fans is you need to stop putting pressure on this guy because it's all fun in games right now. But if this fucks him up for the playoffs, we're all going to be eating our fucking words. Yeah. <laughs> we're I mean, all going to be eating our words, yeah. bro. If he's fucked up from this and then it comes playoff time, and his swings fucked up because he was trying for 61 yeah. for for 10 games at the end of the season when this guy was going for the triple crown and is still 
dude, I, I, I'm, I'm parting ways with it right now, right? Like I'm taking it out and I'm saying, yo, I don't care if Aaron Judge doesn't hit another home run. And let me, I need him to hit singles, doubles, be a fucking great hitter because that's what he is. And, and also, have you guys seen the captain yet? You guys are watching that shit. Yeah, yeah a little that's bit. That's kind of what I'm thinking is like all the shit that Derek Jeter didn't want to say. You know, he was, he was a very like you couldn't get yes. shit out of him. Yes. That's yeah. how judges. No, and like, it's, it's gonna, he's gonna come out later. I, I honestly feel like two. This this effect, because obviously we just saw him on the road for the first time, but I mean, there's even Yankees fans out in fucking Toronto, like standing up at the games and shit. Like, like that place gets loud when he walks. Yeah, right. And that's what like, I mean. Very loud. But think, think about this in your head, right? Imagine you're the fucking pitcher that gave up a record, right? You don't want how many walks is this fuckhead? It's not like he's Five hitting. In a row. It's not like he's hitting Five shit. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, they're acting like this guy's in an 0-27 slump. What's he need? One more? He went, one, one to tie, two, 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 two um, takes it. Molson, he he had five at-bats last night uh, against the Blue Jays in Toronto. He got one strike thrown in the whole game last one night. Strike. Yeah, One no, strike. Literally. One. One strike. And that's what I'm saying. is so even, 20 and one. I think it's even getting, like, what they're doing in Yankee Stadium, it might not be on purpose, but it is also getting in the pitcher's head well, and making them not want to be the guy that gives up history. They know... They also know that everybody's watching them throw every single pitch because it's not just all eyes are on Judge at that point. All eyes are over whoever's pitching it, at that point, like, right? Like it's it's, thing, it's more than just yeah. Judge. And like the thing is too, most is it's starting to Judge is starting to chase, right? He never chases. He hasn't chased this year, right? He's been the mo- one of the most disappointed. And Ray will back me up on this. He's been one of the most disappointed hitters, like with his eye, right at the plate. But now he the pressure's on him to hit this home run, to hit these two home runs. And he's now starting to chase, and it's and it's affecting his his play now because he's not getting anything to hit. So now he's he's kind of like giving in and saying, "Well, fuck it. If I'm not going to get anything to hit, now I'm going to swing." So he had one strike thrown to him, but he had multiple strikes in the at bat. You know what I mean? Because yeah. now he's chasing out of the zone and he's expanding his zone in order to to try and put a ball out of here so that this fucking pressure can just get off his shoulders. Yeah, and I'll say this too: he he's definitely been more disciplined, and he's been. Like he still had a good amount of strikeouts this year, but he's working and having good at bats, even if he is striking out. Which, which at the end of the day, is you still want to build up pitch count, you still want to get the starters out of the game, and especially when you're going to the playoffs and you're going, say, you're going, you know, two for three with a K. That that's fine, right? Like, left. how many games left? Uh, there's probably uh, about eight, eight or ten. Seven, eight, nine, yeah. something like that. Many. Yeah, yeah, no, it's dude. It's, who can, like, dude? All I'm gonna say is, if you're a Yankees fan, right? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tie this back in and qu- and I'll close this out, right? But. I'm going to tie this back into him staying as a free agent, right? If you're a Yankees fan and you do the right thing and you fucking back off this dude, you support him. I want you to hit the, I want you to break this record. There's nothing in my head that says I don't want Aaron Judge to break the record, but it's me separating and saying, I want Aaron Judge to just be his best, right? And imagine what that's going to do for this guy's mental when the rest of the world, when he feels like he has the world on his shoulders, if he can go home and everybody can just kind of just, be happy and cheer like a fucking banshee when this dude gets a, a single. Like it, it, it will do the world to him wanting to stay in New York. He loves it there already. He's gonna love it even more if the pressure's off him back at home. And it's not like just treat it like a normal at bat for him because it's gonna go so far, bro. It's, it's gonna go so far. You know that. no, it's and, not- and that's but that's the Yankee way. I'm just saying, look what it would do. Look what it would really do. What was the headline yesterday or when you wake up this morning? It wasn't that the Yankee like. Arguably, arguably, it was yeah, the, the headline was here and here, right? But the fact that it's here and here, we're talking about Judge having four walks in a game and the fucking Yankees clutching oh, the goddamn it's, division. It's, it's Judge it's is still like, chasing, 
and the Yankees also clinched the division. Yeah, while, like, while Yankees, but that, the division. but the, it's like it's almost taking it away, like taking away from it when it's something that it's like, dude, this guy's having one of the best fucking seasons we've ever seen. He's chasing the triple fucking crown, and you're a, you're acting like the guy is going oh for thirty in a playoff, going into the playoffs. Who are they lining up to play? Is it is it clear yet, or is it oh in the playoffs? No, not yet. No, it's still up in the air for probably the next. I'd say like four. Actually, it's probably gonna come down to pretty much the wire. Well, so it's gonna. Oh, who they're gonna play in the first? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I don't know, I don't know, but because um, I'm pretty sure the Rays and the and the um, the Rays and the Blue Jays are are like neck and tight. neck. Yeah, it's just it, it, it's really it, it's it's just getting too far, bro. You know what I mean? Like it's getting to the point where it's just, it's gonna affect his game beyond just this. And Judge does a great job all the time of acting nonchalant, like oh yeah, Jeter shit, right? Like it's eating away at him, and we're not stupid. And you can be, you can think that. I, I listen. I think he's handling it phenomenally, but it's eating away at him. Yeah. And and at some point, it's going to eat too far, and it's going to affect his playoff game. And and at the end of the day, judges, it, I, dude, it, the 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 narrative of Aaron Judge right now is phenomenal, man. Like this guy is just, he is carrying himself in a different way than anybody else has ever carried themselves in a in a situation like this. I seriously, it's impressive, bro. Like that. You can still see the pure excitement when one of his teammates gets a hit. And, like, he doesn't give a fuck if he grounds out. But if Glaver comes up the next at bat and hits a double, he's the first guy out there, you know, cheering him on when the, if a run scores or whatever it is, bro. Like, he, he just wants to win. And, like, he just wants to win. He doesn't give a fuck about, like, he cares about this record, but it's not. I don't think it's going to eat away at him. What is it, American League record? Yeah. It's the American League record, but you know people debate that it's it's really the it's the all time record just because of fucking Barry Bonds everybody above everybody above that was like steroid. Everybody was like Barry, Barry, uh, Barry McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Sosa. Yeah, or they sixties and seventies. I think sixty five, sixty six, something like that. But yeah, yeah, and what about, and I, uh, Babe Ruth. He's Babe Ruth. He's, he's tied with him right now, uh-huh. and he's been tied with him. Yeah, so it's uh, sober, sober record. Yeah. yeah. But Pretty you know, much. just to, just to close it out, dude. I, I I just think the pressure needs to come off of Aaron Judge from Yankees fans. I, I get the rest of the world because they don't. The rest of the world doesn't want the Yankees to win a World Series. We as Yankees fans want the Yankees to win a World Series. So if you're a Yankees fan and you're listening to this, and I get that, like you know, whatever. It's just a, it's a small sample size. But just fucking back off, man, because it's gonna do. It's gonna do. If he knows that he doesn't, he can go home. And he can just be at home, right? It's the same thing as if you come home. When you go home at night, right? There's no pressure on you at home. Yeah. There's no. Sh- there should be no pressure when he's at home because this is home. If he wants us to be home, then you should feel comfortable. You should feel comfortable, and you should feel like they support you no matter fucking what happens. And that's the that's the mindset the Yankees need to have. Yankee fans need to have. And the, and the last thing I'll say too is like, you think about. Judge, I, I get Judge wants to win all of that, right? He's like, okay, yeah, like he's saying all the right things for the media right now. Like, I'll take a walk every at bat if I have to if it means we're going to win the game. Like, yeah, that's great. That's, that's exactly what everybody wants to fucking hear. Guess what? If no one else can fucking hit the baseball in the playoffs, right? And you want your you want your star guy getting pitches coming up in the right situations, which is, I get what Ju- or what Boone's doing, put him in the one spot. I'm I'm excited to see if that's going to stay the same of putting him in possibly more RBI uh, based situations, changing the lineup a little bit when it comes to playoff time. I don't know if he will, but just to end it, I think getting judge back in the mindset because he's not, he hasn't been the best postseason hitter that we've seen. Right. But he also hasn't been the worst. He's in about two thirty. He's got 11 bombs and like 130 at bats in the postseason. Right. So it's nothing like 
that you would sit there and you'd be like, oh, Judge, when it comes, you know, postseason time, he's terrible. But also a 230 average when the guy's a power hitter hitting, you know, 315 in the regular season, you're kind of sitting there like, holy fuck, I'm expecting the world out of this guy in the playoffs. And you're expecting him to be the leader in the playoffs, right? That As a Yankees fan, that's what you want. So like you said, just going more off your point, I think that um, – the pressure's got to be taken off of him, and at and least, you have at to make from our, from us, from Yankees fans. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, and I think too, honestly, once once the regular season's over and the talk about it is gone, right, and, and it's over, I think I think he his mindset will be okay, and maybe things will go a little bit back to normal. I just, but I also yeah. like you said, you don't want him to get in that mindset of, oh my god, I'm going up to the plate, and guess what, I'm taking first pitch, I'm looking for a walk, I'm not looking to hit. I'll, you know what I mean? You want him locked in to what he's done to get you to where just you are. Be a hitter, and be a good, be, be Aaron Judge, be Aaron Judge, don't be fucking. You don't have to be the guy that beat Roger Maris. You have to be Aaron Judge. Yeah, yeah. All right, so that's that. Um, you know, it's just we'll move on from it. Um, other thing about the Yankees is, and this doesn't have to be half the conversation that, 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 that poor fucking Aaron judge conversation was that poor guy. Um, the Yankees are potentially going into the playoffs with five, five starters, right? Five guys that they've had starting pitching this year. Uh, and that is in no specific order, Luis Severino, Garrett Cole, Frankie Montas, Jameson Tyone, Nestor Cortez. All right. Ray, I'm going to ask you this. On a level of trust, we already know that Aaron Boone already said Garrett Cole is the guy for game one of whatever playoffs you're in, okay? What is your level of trust for those five pitchers to be your five starting pitchers? And I get you're only going to have three, but we'll just rank all five. Yeah, um, I think five. trust. I think five right now is is pretty easy just with the way that he's pitched since he's been in New York. I think it's easy to, you know, point the blame at Montas, right? I agree. I think think we throw Montas at five, right? I think, to be honest with you, this is actually um, a tough one because I I do believe in Tyone. This me putting him here isn't saying that I don't believe in Tyone. It's just that the three guys ahead of him are like are, are better pitchers. Okay, and I, love, I, love, I wouldn't I mind that. having Tyone that. at that fourth spot. You know, what I mean, in the swing game, right where it's two two or two one, and you got a chance to put it away to three one to maybe get Cole back or have or, some, or have a, 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 or a buff game, yeah. right? So say you're two one up, you got Tyone on the mound. I want him. I would I would I want like, him on the I, mound. I like that. I like that. With going up three to one, with having Montas and then Cole to be able the, to close the it. trust tree. Yeah. Okay. So I actually so far I've had the same two. We had it in our Yankees group chat, like just a group chat of mm-hmm. guys who are Yankees fans, and so far we're the same. So who are you gonna go for number three? This is actually where it gets kind of tough. Um, I, I don't feel like I've really seen too much of Nestor in the playoffs, and I think that's just kind of where it sits with me. And seeing how he's going to do, I don't think that he's going to be a bad pitcher. Um, I think he's going to do what he needs to do. I think his, his velocity is pretty deceiving. Uh, his Obviously, his movement's pretty deceiving. I just think, like I said, I want to see him in the playoffs first before I can sit here and say I 100% have full trust in him, and I believe that he's going to be my guy or my number two going forward. So I I went at number three. I went with Sevy. I figured, um, yeah. Just because Sevy is a dog. All right. Sevy loves the playoffs. He loves the lights on him. Like that is his shit. We haven't seen enough Sevy this year. We've seen a good amount of Sevy, but we haven't seen complete full season Luis Severino. So with that being said, uh, I love Sevy. I think he is, I think he's a great playoff pitcher and he's definitely our number three pitcher in the playoffs. Or he's definitely one of our starting pitchers in the playoffs. He's going to be ready for a game. Uh, but I'm going to go with Sebi at number three. Yeah, and uh, that this is where I actually go. I don't know. I, th- I kind of have a feeling you're going to go Nestor at one, but I'm going to go with 
I'm going to go with uh, Severino at two. Um, I think he is right now. I, we've seen what he's been able to do. He's looked pretty good in his last couple starts uh, that he's gone out there, and I feel like his velocity looks good. I think the only real thing about him is going to be his stamina, how how deep he can go into games, which is I think the one thing that was hesitant of me switching Nestor and and Sevy. Um, like I said, I think just when the lights are on, we see when 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 he he just fucking loves it, and I don't know I don't know why. Um, and I think it's a it's a good guy to have when you think about number two pitchers going across the board. Um, he loves of, it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of, of got of teams in the in the or in the AL that you're going to go up against. Um, I think he's got the the dominant hand on, on a lot of them. You know what I mean? Especially when when you he's talk a, about he's playoff an ace pitching on, on some baseball teams. Oh yeah. yeah, it's just a matter of health. And like I said, I think the biggest question mark with him: how deep can he get you into ball games, and how good can your bullpen be to close out games? Uh, my number two is Garrett Cole. Uh, I. I love Garrett Cole. Uh, unlike the, the unpopular opinion of Yankees fans, I, I still do love Garrett. Um, I think G, G. Cole is bad for, for one inning a game, right? He is he gets knocked up one inning a game, um, and he is still good enough to be a recoverable uh, pitcher, right? So what I mean by that, Ray, is if he gets fucking clapped one inning, right? The Yankee He still doesn't put the Yankees in a position to lose the baseball game. Uh, friends in my chat were arguing Tyone is the number two, the number two uh, trustworthy guy. Yeah. See, the difference between that is Jamison Tyone, when he gets fucking hit, he gets absolutely clobbered, right? He makes it so you can't recover from, from that. He gives up a five spot, a six spot, where it's like, yo, the game's over. You guys can make a rally back, but it's still not enough. Garrett Cole gets hit for three or four runs. You can you can come back and you can know that Garrett Cole is going to come out and pitch really good. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna fight back, James and Tyone. I don't know if you're getting a fight back. So with that being said, I trust Garrett Cole, but I don't trust him enough to be my number one. And I'm gonna explain to you why I I know this is coming. Uh, should I take the hat off? You want me to keep it on while keep I say this with a straight face? I should okay. take it off. Are you sure? Yeah. You don't want to see what's under that. Actually, I'll, right, I'll keep. I'll turn it the fuck around. How about that? Okay. All right. So this is what we're gonna say here. I just pulled it up because I know we're th- we're all thinking about last year. We're all thinking about the debacle that happened first time in the postseason against the Red Sox. You go into Fenway. You want to see your guy who you paid all this fucking money. You brought him in from Houston. You want to see him succeed, right? I get it, 100%. But you also have to think about when the Astros were at their best. And in even with the Pirates, in Garrett Cole's postseason career, he's 8-5 and five with a 2.93 ERA. 111 strikeouts in 14 appearances. I mean, the guy's thrown 86 innings. He has given up 28 earned runs. He's struck out 111, like I said. He has a 2.93 career ERA in the postseason and a .93 fucking whip. I know we've what we've seen is a small sample size of one game last year, but for me, that's not enough for me to sit here and say, I'm going to go pay all this guy this money. I think that he is still the guy that if you want to win a World Series this year, he has to be your fucking best pitcher, right? Oh, I, I, I don't think that I can put trust in anybody else because even if I say that Nestor is who I have the most trust in, I don't think you're winning a World Series this year. No. You know what I mean? No, so I that's why I, I, I've stuck to my guns here. I think that Garrett Cole is still a great pitcher. Yes, he's had an up and down season. Um, big game for him tonight, honestly. Maybe his last start, possibly before going into the postseason. We'll see how they do that. We'll see what he does there. And to me, it's just got it has to be Garrett Cole if the Yankees want a chance of winning the World Series this year. So, with that being said, my my number one is Nestor Cortez. But the thing that I that and this is just a life thing, right? The number one thing when I think of trust and I, I and in sports is trust is 
Who's who always stays composed when the shit gets really bad? When the shit gets really good, right? At your at, at your highest and your lows, right? When are you just who who is that guy that's always composed? Mm-hmm. Garrico, not composed. Mm-hmm. You know what happens. You know what happens. He gets really fucking angry, and you can see it in his pitches. Nestor Cortez, not a better pitcher than Garrett Cole, had a better season than Garrett Cole, not a better pitcher, okay? Doesn't have the velocity that Garrett Cole has. Doesn't have the drop on his pitches that Garrett Cole has. The only thing Nestor really has on, on Cole is this is he's deceiving, mm-hmm. okay? I just feel like Nestor, in the playoffs, like he's going to get hit, right? Everybody gets hit. It's just, it's inevitable. I mean, you're facing the best teams in you're the fucking facing league. facing the best, right? hitters, best hitters that, that, that baseball has to offer. The okay. best teams, the best hitters. Nestor Cortez stays composed, right? If he gets hit, he stays composed. If he's throwing a fucking gem, he stays composed. And I think that's the most important to, thing to me when it comes to the trust tree. Like, all right. I know if Nestor goes and gives up one in the first, it's not going to affect his second inning. I know if Nestor goes out and throws a fucking perfect inning in the first inning and throws a nine-pitch inning and has three strikeouts, guess what? He's going to come out the same Nestor in the second inning. And I think that's the biggest thing to me is Garrett Cole gets flustered in the first or second. It, it It's hard for him to to move past that. Like You can see he has a better game, but it's just he knows inevitably at some point that that th- that bad always happens to him. Mm-hmm. Nestor has the ability to move past it, and I think that's the thing that puts Nestor at the top of my trust tree. I still think Garrett Cole is a better pitcher, but trust wor- trust wise, mm-hmm. it's got to be Nestor. I, I I see where you're coming from. Like I said, I just think for me, it's got to be if Garrett Cole Garrett Cole's got to be the best pitcher on the Yankees in yeah. the World Series, and, and, if he, sure. and, and, and sure that to me is just why I feel like if the Yankees if Yankees fans don't even trust him to go out there and they're quick to pull the trigger and boo him this or that like. Um, you know, I think that can also play on his head as well. So I know obviously playing in New York isn't the easiest thing to do. We're playing in big cities because you're expected a shit ton from, right? Um, but I'm going to guess that, you know, Tyler Anderson going out there for the Dodgers isn't going to be the same fucking slander if he gets fucking hit around this season as if Garrett Cole goes out there and gives up five runs in his right, first, right. you know what I mean? So right. it's, it's a standard that we also live up to. And you also have to think about the guy that you're putting in that position. And I think the, the Garrett Cole just needs to show the fuck up. And if you can't trust him, you can't win a World Series. I like it. Um, and then we will move over. So that's Yankees conversation. Let's close out with some Mets conversation. And we could go the stereotypical uh, who's going to win the NL East battle. I want to move past that. Both teams are going to be in the playoffs, respectfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that would be the Braves and the Mets. Uh, my question that I want to bring to you, Ray, about the Mets is you're going to have a decision if you're Buck Showalter, right? You're you're playing a five-game series. Uh it's going to be, who do you want as your game one starter? Is it going to be Max Scherzer or is it going to be Jacob deGrom? And I know at first it's like, Joey, why the fuck did you just ask that? Jacob deGrom may be the best pitcher ever. Literally. I'm going to give you this, Ray. I know and where, I want I know you to justify off this. Jacob going. deGrom's been hurt this season, right? He's been unhealthy for part parts of the season, and he's still recovering uh, from his injury. If you're the game one starter... You're also going to be the game five starter, okay? Right, because you're going to have your four days rest. And we've seen this season and in past postseasons and just overall in his career that Max Scherzer has the ability to go off of four days rest and be fucking the same Max Scherzer that he is off of 10 days rest, right? He has the same ability. So the question is, do you take the – do you 
are you really losing, A, if you start Max Scherzer instead of Jacob deGrom in game one, and B, do you start Scherzer in place of deGrom because of that history of can Jacob deGrom recover the same way that Max Scherzer can because he was injured so much and because he's only going to have four days rest? Do you want him to pitch twice in the series if it goes to five, or do you just say, fuck it, wing it, deGrom game one, deGrom game five? Here, here's my thing that I go off of with this, because you also think of Scherzer, He's been injured a little bit this season as well. He's been a bit banged up. But guess what? You have no fucking idea if Jacob deGrom is coming back to City Field. Throw that motherfucker. Throw him out there. Get him game one. Get him as much as you can because guess what? He is still in my head, when healthy, the best pitcher in baseball. And you don't know if you have him coming back next season. And for me, that's enough for me to sit here and say, I like if you guys can beat me at my best, with our best pitcher on the mound, our best hitters, and, and Diaz warmed up or you know rested for Game Five and Game One. Fucking more power to you. You guys deserve to go win in the fucking World Series again this year of whoever they're playing, right? Because right now you have to think of this: the the postseason is about risk and high risk, high reward, right? No one really wins wins. World Series by playing it safe, going the route that you might think is better because I will would Scherzer be better off of four days rest? You could probably you could one hundred percent argue yes, but I still think that Jacob Degrom, being the pitcher that he is and and being as dominant as he is, has just he has to be at this moment in time your number one starter. No matter what he went through last time, I or what he went through against the A's. I just think that Jacob DeGrom, when healthy, is the best pitcher in the league, and and he's going to win or lose you um, you know, your playoff battle and what you've done to get here since 2016. You finally have him fucking healthy. Use him. So I'm going to play devil's advocate, as, as of course. Mm-hmm. But when we started this podcast, Ray, Max Scherzer was on the bump for the, for the Nationals. And I know you remember that very, very vividly. That was one of the mm-hmm. most impressive performances ever, off of short rest. Mm-hmm. Off of short rest. Besides probably Matt Bum. Right. What he did uh, with with the Giants. World One Tour of the Tour. most impressive. Yeah, yeah. Do you, if you're the Mets, right, and, and, and you're at the, Max Scherzer, this is, what's he on, a two-year contract with the Mets or a one-year? I think he's, I think he is too. I'll double check for you real quick. Yeah, double check before I make this take. Because it, it all depends. This is, this is a, this is a, a big variable. Three-year. Okay, so he's there for a bit. If you're if you're the Mets, do you remember that that Scherzer performance on the biggest stage too, Ray? Right in the World Series to win the World Series, mm-hmm. right? Do you remember that performance and say, "Holy shit!" Like he's a guy that we know can be there for us in that in that position, right? Like he's gonna be right there. Yeah, I know I'm picking at this thing. No, <laughs> but I I almost tend to side with. Max Scherzer, just because you know his arm is going to be nice and ready. And I don't think at the end of the day either, uh, you're losing that much of a, a like, we're t- we've, we've said it all season, 1A, 1B. Yeah. So I don't even think it's that, but let me let me ask you this, right? Yeah. Say you're Jacob deGrom, right? And I'm Buck Showalter, okay? And I come up to you and I tell you, that Scherzer's starting game one so he can start game five, or say he's starting game whatever so he can start game seven, right? What does that fucking put in your head as Jacob deGrom? If you have any chance of retaining this motherfucker and getting him back in New York, 
uh, yeah, he's going to want to know that he's the number one guy, regardless going into the playoffs, that he's he's the guy that you want in the best situation at the best time with the biggest lights on because he Scherzer's had that moment. He's he's proven that he can he can do it in that situation. Degrom wants his moment, his defining moment, because we haven't been able to sit here and say Degrom has had that playoff moment because he hasn't been fucking healthy enough. But yes, 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 hundred percent, yes. But if if it's at the end of the day, it's like all right, I have like you have to accept what Buck says, right? Buck oh, is 100%. a fucking is, is a champion, right? But do you think I, you, I think you know who who takes that better though? Uh, us, yeah. No, no. Who takes it better between Scherzer and and Degrom? Do you think if you go to one of them and say, "Hey, you're not game one starter," I think Degrom. You think Degrom takes it better? Scherzer knows he's number two there. I think With just because of it's not even because of skill. It's so, because of fucking age. I guess. I guess it would be to me. It would be like this is Jacob Degrom. Like it's his team. Him, Big Me, Pete, and fucking Lindor. I guess my thing is, hang on, be real. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Be real. I was just looking at that. All right, we good. <laughs> so I guess the thing to me, uh, you know, is if you're if you're Degrom and, and you are told that you're the game two starter and you can't fight it, right? You you, you don't want to fuck the team up. Yeah. It's chemistry. It's playoff time. I feel like it's just like, all right, I have to go out and fucking shove and make Buck eat his words in the nicest way, right? Like, I'm going to yeah. go out there and just absolutely throw a fucking perfect game in game two. And I feel like Max Scherzer, yes, I, I feel like he he's a guy that rises to the occasion. That's me personally, right? I mean, we could we could banter back and forth. I think on this either way, purple. right? I think either way. Like, I think I start. I think I start Scherzer. Game the, one. the one thing that I think about though the, that that I I just talked about was, bro. If you have any chance of bringing Jacob Degrom back, and you tell him he's number two but in if, New what York, if you, what if they go and they win the World Series, right? What if they go and win the World Series, and Degrom pitches Game Two, and he pitches Game Two of the next series, and he pitches Game Six, whatever. You you still have an opportunity to be put in those positions, even though you're not you're not going to be the game seven starter or whatever. I just think he knows he's number one, and if Buck comes and says you're number two on your own team, we might be seeing fucking Oakland Jacob Degrom for the uh, for the postseason. Getting you would ripped. never do that. You would never do that. You know that. Come on. I I don't know that. He's no, never he been. He's series. never been number two on his own team since he's fucking come in the league. Listen, it's a, it's a good conversation. It's a great have. conversation. I I would side with with Max Scherzer as and my can, game one I and my game five starter. I can see your point. Um, just because of I I, I want to see the same thing. Like I'm a, you know me. I'm a big motivator and like I wanna I would want to put him in that situation. But I also want to go with the fact. I I also like to take it from a reality standpoint of all right. This guy was hurt and I want and, and I would drill that into his head. Listen, Jake. This isn't because Scherzer's been hurt though too. But. As of, I, I just, uh, I get, I, I get where you're coming with a dur- know, durability I just standpoint. Know I know, and you know Degrom, and like, no, but what you're saying is dur- durability standpoint. You're probably gonna rather have Scherzer. Max, would, Max could have fucking two broken arms and still go out there and pitch seven innings. That guy, but that's one thing. Another thing too is like, I'll finish with this. If you give him motivation, that guy might go on the mound and kill somebody to win a baseball game. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I want that fucking guy. Fired up game yeah. two off of like a a, a Degrom elt or or a Degrom win, saying we're going two zero up. I don't need game five. We're getting to three and fucking zero because I just fucking punched Taiwan Walker in the dugout, and he's coming out next game, and he's gonna throw just as hard as I am. 
I, I think it's I think it go either way, but I can't wait to see what social media has to say about that one, dude, yeah, because that's a fucking that's a that's a doozy. Yeah, that's a fun one. Um but you wanna close it out here? Um Yeah, I think if you I think honestly what we can do too is we can if you wanna do it for TikTok or whatever the fuck you wanna do, we could do our picks as uh just like an off off the pod thing. Where we do a quick yeah, right sure. after this where we just go through and just say our picks. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, that was a good. That was a good show. That was fun. Yeah. Um, this will be. Yeah. We'll, I'll, I'll post this up tonight. Yeah. I want this puppy out. And I'll say too. Just um, we kind of we kind of slipped past a little bit earlier that we're not going to be on the radio. Yeah. Don't worry. We will be back eventually. It's just uh, right now. Joey was saying to us that with the, with the London games, with the London games the being NFL on London in the morning, they'll be on ESPN Radio um, during Sunday for the early window. So we for I believe three weeks because then after that I think the bye week start week six right. Um, so it'll probably be week four. F- Actually, it might just be two weeks. I have no fucking yeah, idea. Yeah, I don't even know. But all I do know is... Um, Once London stops, we start. Yeah. Hashtag right. invade. Uh, but um, other than that, uh, I'm not even going to really say ladies and gentlemen, because I don't think any chicks even listen to the podcast. So, uh, fellas, thanks for listening to another episode here of Any Given Fun Day. Being most in a cut like Neo Sporn, you did a great job. I'm sorry we had to sit here and bore you for the last two hours, but we appreciate that. Raymond, great job. Joey, great job. Kobe, you're still a bitch, but great job. And uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, make sure. You always. Let the fun days roll.